Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Daniel. And I'm Robert. And welcome to the recap of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4, Episode 7. And joining us is the co-host of Latinos Who Lunch and the host of the Art People podcast, Favi Fav. Hi! Hello, hello, hello! Kisho, kisho, kisho! (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys! How are you? We're good! How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. What an honor Ugh. y'all are like my favorite rupaul's drag race recap show. oh my god well you're our favorite <laughs> installation artist who's now being shown at the sugar hill children's museum for <laughs> art and storytelling ding, ding. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes check out my art at justinfavela.com <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I have been waiting to do that since we were like, yeah, we have Fabian. Because I'm like, let's see how many things we can. Li-. You know, it'd, it'd be very, very Hispanic in tradition, like just having like yeah. 30 titles. I think that we should start that. You know? That's awesome. Um, We can all be like the Duchess of Alba with like 40 names. I know. You know? I have to like go back in time and find out what they all are. Just put, but... in, a, put in a few De La Fuentes, Gonzalez, Rodriguez, and, you know, Maria de la Cruz. I already just have a Martinez, in there. so I'm. There you go. Uncovered. Do you have? Do you both have middle names? Yes, yes. my middle name is Alexander, and Ooh. mine I'm not going to say on the podcast because I don't want anybody <laughs> to know it. <laughs> mine's mine's hello Mexican. It's Armando. Oh, yeah. So, I don't I don't tell people because it's my dad's name and he's dead to me. Oh, so, oh. Anyway. so for for a second <laughs> before you said Armando, I was like, oh, his middle name is literally hella Mexican. Because mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm oh, in that way grandma. today. That'd be a good drag queen, Helen Mexican. Oh, hella Mexican. Hella Mexican. Oh. That'd be cute. Welcome to the yeah. stage, hella Mexican. <laughs> now is she gonna spell that with a J or a G? With a J, I think with a J. Like yeah, okay, right? Yeah. Hella Mexican. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love it. Um, I feel I feel left out now. Okay, my middle name is Andres. So there you go. All A's, the All triple A. A girls, right here. Yeah. Triple A girls. <laughs> it's time for the meet and greet. Um, oh, ooh, but could the meet and greet have me. like deli meats? Sure. Oh yes, right. Sausage, a meet and greet, and like we like eat with the fans. <gasps> That'd be amazing. I kind of love that. We'll have meat substitutes for those who are vegan. I know. I pretend I'm a vegan on the weekend, <laughs> so it just Wait depends on the day. Before yes. we move on from this, I have a I have a bone to pick with you because I was listening to oh. the latest episode oh, no. of Latinos Who Lunch, and you talked about all of this delicious food, and mm-hmm. fuck you for eating all of that delicious food <laughs> because it sounded delicious. <laughs> 
Um, it was amazing. Yes, I went to Guatemala and ate yes. the whole country. Yeah, it was great. Oh my god. Uh, what? Okay, you talked about a lot of stuff, but was there one specific meal that you would like? You would you would like start cooking tomorrow or something to make? Or yes. Whatever? So I never. I have never had plantains grilled over a fire and just that simple, just like a plantain over a grill. Like it it was so delicious and so simple. I'm like, I don't know why I haven't done this. You know, like I've heard of hipsters grilling pizzas. People are like grilling all kinds of weird shit. I never thought to put a plantain on the grill. Um, So does it come out like a tostón? No, it comes out like you got to get one that's really, really maduro, like really oh. ripe. Oh, okay. Super sweet. And then you can even like put it in milk, you know, and, and eat it like that. It's so oh, my good. God. We used to have maduros over vanilla ice cream sometimes. And it was so mm, good. Yeah, because yes. it ends up tasting like honey. <coughs> like yeah. it's so good. It's so sweet. Oh, yum. So it doesn't good. help that I only want to eat today. Like mm-hmm. I really well. I'm really like fuck this keto diet. Where bring on the pizza? Like y'all have been good. Y'all, how long have you been doing keto? Since the end of August, I think. Oh my god! Yeah, but yeah. we sort That's of fell of off the wagon work. between Christmas yeah. and New Year's. But we're yeah, back. we did. Like yeah, for a week we didn't do it over Christmas. I gained like seven pounds, but I lost it in a week, which was really fun. Um, and that I don't know. I like I don't know. I'll <laughs> indulge sometimes. Like if I want a cracker, I'm having a cracker. <laughs> like that's good Crackers no. for jesus right <laughs> i'll just have communion on a daily basis just one um i used to eat crackers like that i would take the um whatever the you'd the, steal like, the from water jesus crackers. no i would my parents would buy these giant water crackers oh. and i would look in the mirror and break it in half and Stop. be like yeah anyway live your full fantasy i know <laughs> I was raised Catholic, so, you know, I mimicked what I learned. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, what do you think of All Stars 4 so far? Um, you know, every time a new season of Drag Race starts, I'm like, this is it. It's Jump the Shark. I'm not going to watch it anymore. Especially after that Hollis Lay special. I was like, this is done. I, I oh, can't believe this. That was homophobic. That uh, whole yes. thing. It was homophobic. It was transphobic. It was uh racist it was all of the above it was misanthropic (laughs) um but i love it i love it i i I mean i think two episodes into all stars four and i was hooked it's a good season it's a good season and i am happy with the queens they chose i think that uh, i i'm i like the diversity of the queens on the show now um and it because i think it looks like we're gonna have uh not white, not blonde queen in the Hall of Fame, which will be really interesting to see how that. I hope so. Uh, glitches the matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have um, a pick, but I'm not going to share it for fear of spoiling things. But oh, okay, we're going to talk after this. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> I um, I am holding out until they actually announce the winner because there's still one person who could change all of that and uh yeah mm. anyway i'm also ex- i would also be excited for a little more diversity in the all-stars because at this point all-stars living on its own it only has white queens that have won so like if True. you look at that as a separate show mm-hmm. so are you mm. guys excited about season 11 did you see the lineup we did i was actually just editing the the photos that um 
night, you know, appear on the internet for promo mm-hmm. so that I could create our sliders and gray them out when they're eliminated. Um, <laughs> which, depending on the queen, makes me happy or makes me sad. So, yeah, because yeah, I, I go through the trouble of silhouetting each one and then, you know, as they're eliminated, they get grayed out. Because I don't like doing that, like, cross-out thing that other podcasts do. I just think that's mean. So it's I, very violent. Yeah, yeah, I just like, yeah. you know, desaturating them. Nice. So some benefit from it, some don't. I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you, did you watch any of the, uh, I know we're not supposed to be talking about season 11 yet, but whatever. Um, did you watch any of the, that live reveal thing that they did? <laughs> uh, I, wa- I think I, w- I watched like a runway thing last night with all of them ru- like doing a runway with Aquaria hosting it. Yes. And that was cute. Yeah, I watched that. Um, and I think I, w- I didn't watch the Meet the Queens yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, apparently the so they did this whole live thing where the queen would come in, they would be interviewed by Adam Rippon, and then the um, Aquaria would be preparing some kind of game or some kind of challenge in the next room. And the queen would go in there after they were done talking. Apparently, it was so poorly received that VH1 just took it down. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, VH1 no, was yeah. like, let's flush this one which is fucked oh, I up. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, okay. It's like you think it's just on YouTube. It's not like taking up like right. hard drive YouTube. space. And they had a lot of views. I mean, there were 26,000 people watching it when I, I was watching it live. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. Like, so. and the games were great. That uh, was fun. I don't know. Um, okay. Just really quick. Yes. Uh, um, what did you think of the, of, the, of the styling of the promo, of like the production of it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I I was having a conversation with my friends yesterday, and some of it, some of them said it was like cheap, but I thought it was like that's probably the biggest budget they've had for this, right? I don't know. I mean, I think the All Stars three promo was pretty intense, you know, yeah. with all the gold and all that, and um, season six. See, I mean, season six is still like. Remind me, what was that? That was the one where the girls were like, like Gia Gunn and. Um, Oh my Jocelyn God. Fox. And Jocelyn Fox were like holding to lob, you know, holding fish. Oh, Bianca that. Del Rio was in the library, like tearing names out of a book. And Magnolia Crawford yes. came out of a bath of milk. I mean, you know, Darian Lake, like, you know, her titties jiggling while she was like jackhammering. I mean, it was, it was, was such good. an amazing. And of course, April Carrion was there with her preteen breasts. Um, she's still one of my like most favorite. I just love her. Love her to pieces. I just can't. I can't. I can't get enough of her. Um, season so 6 was great. Season 4 was a really good promo. Yes. I think. Um, season 8 had a cute promo. But um I you know the season 11 promo is cute. I like the little rooms. I love the chain that one of the girls is like swinging the chain on. Swing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's cute and they look good. Um, it reminded me of like a Target commercial. <gasps> oh my oh god! Oh my god! I love I Target like, commercials. Yeah, it's like okay, the RuPaul's Drag Race is definitely going corporate now. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine if they'd had yeah. the Target dog with a fierce lash. <laughs> that would have been everything. <laughs> like this, one of those car lashes. Brought to you by Target. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's like right. you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your prize package includes an unlimited supply of Newman's own peppercorn ranch. <laughs> oh my god! Although you'll be happy to know, I have l- I have recently joined um, we Ranch have. Dressing Anonymous, Favi. What? Yeah, yeah. I Explain. have. I have. <laughs> so I went to the grocery store to buy salad dressing, and mm-hmm. I there was nothing that met our dietary restrictions or that I liked. 
um, except for peppercorn ranch and and like regular ranch. So I was like, I, don't, I guess I'll like give this a try. Like, let's try this ranch dressing fantasy. Came home, made a salad, and I put some on, and I I never want it out of my life now. So I have to say, I do, I get it, and pork rinds dipped in ranch oh, dressing are amazing. Girl, yep. Stop. You know that I used to have a blog called The Ranch Reporter? Shut up. <laughs> you did not. I love ranch. Uh, the Ranch what, Reporter. Can you talk about, the, what is the, can you tell me the brand of ranch you bought? I want to oh, try Oh, Newman's Own Peppercorn Ranch. Newman's it's delicious. Own. Newman's own. Okay. It's low carb, not a lot of sugar. It's just really good. Yeah, okay. and, and and it's like it's like spicy in like a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I made a dip for something using that and sour cream and mayonnaise. Ooh. It sounds gross, but it was really yeah. Good. I'm a Ken's kind of girl. I love the Ken's mm. brand. Um, oh, the mm-hmm. yeah. Then they have the Ken's Steakhouse, mm-hmm. which is like the elevated version. Yeah, the Ken's <laughs> uh, Steakhouse makes a good poppy seed dressing. Y- yes, it's really yes. good. Oh, we my had. God. We had a small bottle of Ken's Steakhouse that was refilled regularly by, like, Costco brand Italian dressing <laughs> growing up. Like, that was the bottle we used oh for, my like, God. whatever in the fridge. You are Latino. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Proof. Right there. I mean, I bought Robert Say a no gallon of Red Devil hot sauce and refill a bottle of an empty Taco Bell uh salsa verde bottle with it for him when we run out yeah (laughs) my grandma used to take the the red peppers from the pizza like the little packs and put them (laughs) in a bigger jar (laughs) my grandmother would and probably still does that with soy sauce packets i don't think that she's had a new kikoman soy sauce bottle in like 20 years (laughs) oh my god because every time she gets chinese food she just pours the the soy sauces in there you gotta do what you gotta do in this economy you know any good Hispanic family, you have a Ziploc bag in the closet with an assortment of, you know, free condiments that you've gotten mm-hmm. somewhere. It's true. It's true. They come in handy. Mm. Um, let's talk about this episode. Yes. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking about refilling. Um, so Latrice is back. And uh, the challenge this week is Drag Race After Dark and the girls have to create a legendary club night um this looked like a lot of work how did you how did you feel about this challenge bobby um i thought it was i thought it was kind of weird and out of place i thought it like based on every other challenge that i've seen on this tv show i like the idea because one of my favorite shows growing up was trading spaces (gasps) and so i'm like this is like the trading spaces fantasy show Mm -hmm. this is awesome um, but I just thought it was kind of ridiculous that they had them painting the walls. That was the one thing where I was like, really? Yeah, that was a little strange. Yeah. Um, Although I, I suspect was... that they painted a little bit and then like production came in and did the rest. Yeah. Yeah, because there's exactly. no way. Like they, they could exactly. not have had enough time to like, no. you know, do all that. I mean, what what I thought was I, I liked the concept of this challenge because I was like, oh, my God, they're doing real drag two weeks in a row. Like they're gonna actually make them host something and like interact with people the way drag queens do. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was very interesting, and the fact that you know they had Suzanne Barsh as a as a guest judge because it's like if anybody's going to like 
give you an objective opinion of how these things should be. It's Suzanne Barsh. I mean, she's legendary. True. Yeah, you know, the there has been like I I feel like three real challenges on this show: the roast <laughs> of Lady Bunny, uh. the the lip sync. Uh, Lala Perusa last week. That was my favorite episode of All Star, all the All Stars. It was a ever. good episode. It was so good. Yep. And then uh, this one, yeah, host the hosting part of this one. I will say was it was good to see the girls host to see their styles. Um, the other like fake reality show, YouTube, whatever they were doing. I know that's a skill that a lot of these girls have to have too, especially if they're like you know doing sponsored content. So I guess. You know, I, I could see that, too. Yeah, it was nice to see that they aren't all like the rest of the people on Grindr mm-hmm. who can't host. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. well, it's true. It's like, you know, having a like creating a night, let alone getting a bar to let you do it right is is very hard especially in new york and then you know you have to somehow achieve longevity and so you have to throw in you know uh games and segments and all this stuff i mean it it's what kind of makes a night have um you know like a a, like regular clientele because then it will just continue and you know sometimes they move from place to place so i thought it was great to like have this um be be such like a, a focus you know yeah um also this episode was what i call these the the tender moment episodes <laughs> they like they set this up so the girls would have tender moments so it was like oh latrice's suit didn't fix and everybody was laughing and then it's like you know uh valentina and her delusion fantasy like oh my god paint painting in that in that uh leotard and then um, you know, uh, Monique and uh, Monet just like get into business and showing how, you know, they're a great team. So it was just like a nice little 80s montage for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I really, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun to watch them kind of get their stuff together. I mean, Valentina's, I don't, I don't know what like, you know, panty stripper heel fantasy painting outfit was just so silly so (laughs) silly like she was she was really playing it up that was like totally a shtick the whole time i just i you know it must be so much fun to be in her head like to to like have her mind i feel like all of my anxieties would go away and be replaced by other ones but you know (laughs) fantastical ones i think um i just i have nothing but respect for her um her her thought behind every outfit she wears on the show uh-huh. not just the ones that are part of a challenge or part of a runway so um i think yeah. i haven't said that That's yeah you've said that and, you I know have. it's funny because like another queen did that on season six and people like dragged her for it right which is her yeah laganja did that on season six and people dragged her for it so it's interesting to see how it's kind of evolved to the point where it's like you know well but with laganja it wasn't just clothing it was also like a personality because when we we had her i think when we had her on our on our show she talked about how um she went in there ready to give them personality like i'm gonna give you me on 10 she was basically doing what manila did Mm -hmm. in the in this challenge yeah um and they didn't like it i guess well, but the producers would tell her before she walked in every day to be like, you know, give us more. Remember, like just been like, energy. Give yeah, us energy. You know, I mean, Valentina though, her. I mean, if you watch the show, every a- anytime she's in the workroom, she's walking in. She, I mean, to 
well, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, if, for the people that haven't watched it who are listening to this, I don't know why you would be listening. Anyway, uh, the way <laughs> the way that Valentina sits, the way that she puts on makeup, the way that oh she just like every move, every every little twitch is calculated mm-hmm. and for the cameras. Like I was thinking last night, like she must be exhausted because I have never seen her out of character mm-hmm. or like just like let loose you know what i mean maybe last episode when she was like laying on the couch all weird but mm-hmm. even even that was like for stella lovela drama you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah so i'm like oh my god this woman like this woman this drag queen <laughs> she it, just like the way she sits you know like the way that she sat for that for the snatch game challenge you know yeah. the earth of kit like, oh that's my god how she, she was that's perched how she always sits yeah that's how she always sits no matter what yeah, it's well, you need. You've got to be ready to jump up at a moment's notice in case your blood is boiling in your veins, <laughs> um, pulsing through my veins. Ah, that was so good, so <laughs> unnecessary, but so, like, I mean, uh, she deserves a crown for just the way that she stands on the runway. I like, wonder if she'll get miss. Do they oh. do Miss Congeniality for All Stars? No, no, they don't even. They haven't even done. Uh, well, they didn't do a reunion for All Stars three. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, since we don't have a release date for season eleven. I hope that means that we'll get a reunion for this oh, season. Oh yeah, it would be great because this would be a very explosive reunion, especially <laughs> if everybody comes back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about this challenge. So stick oh. around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the kiki going. We're back. And it's time to talk about this challenge. Um, let's talk about Monet and Monique with their club, The Black Hole. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> because they're not all the names of the club. They're like the name of the night. Like, No, no. Oh. These are all the clubs. Oh, really? Yeah, they were the, oh, like, yeah. yeah. And it was weird because it was like a legendary club night. But it's like, but then again, it turned into them presenting clubs that they designed because it's like a club night doesn't necessarily have specific decor because a lot of them move around Mm -hmm. but you know yeah so monet and monique um built the black hole which was their intergalactic glow in the dark like um i don't know uh, like baby alien ward it was very mars 2112 Oh my Brought god! To you. I'd never been, but I I had heard about it. Brought to you by Spencer's Gifts. Ah! That's, what, that's what this club was sponsored by. Um, <laughs> yes, there were a lot of like those stoner alien glow in the dark posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing that bad. was missing, yeah, was like the one with the mushroom and the fairy sitting on it. <gasps> yeah, and then like a the Bob Marley lion. Oh my god! <laughs> I love the like half. You know the the like. Uh, what do they call it? like floral foam cut in half that was like spray painted and like stuck mm. on the walls to be the planets and like i just thought it was really cute i i i really liked their club i like their outfits um i like them yeah yeah i like the signature drink it didn't you know. matter it didn't matter they whatever they put up they would have sold it they're mm-hmm. so good they were so good yeah they were as far um, as their outfits though 
Did you guys clock that they were also wearing yellow and black? Yes. I thought so that was very like, interesting. It was it, so it's to me it's very obvious that they told the girls, all the girls, to bring something yellow and black because the other team also wore all yellow and black. I'm like, there's that's not a coincidence. Oh my god. Look at you catching shit that Wait, we didn't. But know. then but then Latrice because the bolero that I mean we'll get to this later, but the but the bolero that Latrice was wearing, Trinity made for her, like in the workroom. Because there was like an extra bit of like footage of this morning, you know. Yeah, but, but so, all of Latrice hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they told the girls that there was gonna be a yellow and black and yellow challenge. Also and, and like Manila's jacket had like a some sort of bumble I mean, what else are you gonna be if you're not if you're yellow and black, mm-hmm. but a bumblebee. But it had some mm-hmm. sort of like applique on the back. And also Latrice's wig had bees <gasps> in the hair. What if there was gonna be like a honeybee challenge or something? And they yeah. scrapped it. Or like a Beyonce I, challenge. Like the beehive? Yeah. Okay. I don't that, know. I don't um, know. Just the thought, just the thought. Um, but yeah, what do we think? Um, I, I guess I loved it. Yeah. I love the alien baby. I love their energy. Mm-hmm. I loved everything. Like that whole tour film that they mm-hmm. had to do. Like, give that an Oscar. I'm into yeah. it. Um, they I were also so entertaining. I also yeah. love that they came up with the game because, like, that's that's always fun. And like, we we used to go regularly to uh, Mondays on Mondays on Mondays. That was hosted by uh, uh, Thorgy Thor and Ruby Roo um now it's hosted i think by by ruby and ragamuffin but it was fun because they do like news segments and they'd have drag in a bag and you know like you could win a drink ticket and so like it reminded me of that you know like just you know having this like contest and like you win whatever is in a box you know and i feel like that's that's really entertaining Well, originally when they started like with mondays on mondays when they originally started the whole joke was that thorgy would pull something out from under his bed and that's what you won Mm mm-hmm yeah that's awesome Um, that's that's the type of like crazy kooky shit that they do um and then next up we have uh naomi and valentina with club 96 club 96 club 96 (laughs) which is their like bougie fashion isaac mizrahi before foreclosure uh fashion (laughs) fantasy that isaac mizrahi reference was really niche because that is how he lost everything yeah. in the 90s. Oh yeah, he like licensed himself to death and, you know, had to like give up his company. But I was like, Naomi knows her, and her we fashion watched, history. We actually watched an episode of Project Runway right before we started watching Drag Race yeah. last night. So they know it was very it was very appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do we think of this SNL skit? Uh, I was actually here for it. I thought the skit mm-hmm. was was funny. And mm-hmm. I was surprised by, obviously, they didn't show them rehearsing, but you could tell that maybe Naomi wrote a lot of those those puns and for Valentina. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that was good. I liked that. Um, yeah. I thought, I, yeah, I thought that part was good. I didn't feel like they were improving. Like, no, and, and Valentina said, written. you know, that 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 Naomi did write most of it because Valentina was overwhelmed. I mean, it, it was definitely not the strongest because I feel like they did not interact with the um, like the because I think the whole thing was that you had to like try and interact with the VIP guests as much as possible or like, you know, include them somehow because the other girls did, you know, and, like spoke to them and that like. I enjoyed what they did, but like that obviously was an improv because it was far too deliberate, you know? Yeah. Um, but it did, it did remind me of the Sabah skiing SNL skit, um, that <laughs> yes. they do. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I I felt very like club MTV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I enjoyed like there there was an element like they said on the runway there was an element of nostalgia that came from this whole moment and it was sort of an accident because Valentina was just like flipping around sixty nine to ninety six so um yeah I just I I feel like you know aside from that I feel like these two girls really know their references and I, I really enjoyed everything mm-hmm. that they mentioned yeah. the whole time I really. You know, I didn't have a problem with this, but it was sort of obvious that Valentina didn't really um, do as much work as Naomi. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, at least she brought two dresses to share. Well, <laughs> that's true. But where it did fall flat, though, was like the hosting part. Like yeah. The, like the, the contest or the game that they played at the end. I thought that was boring. Yeah. That wasn't good. I feel like they definitely looked at it as a skit. Like they were supposed to do something together. And then, mm-hmm. but they, you know, like, like Michelle said, like she felt ignored, you know, so it, 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 um, there was a disconnect right. there. So, yeah, they pretended they didn't even, yeah, like you said, Robert, they didn't even kind of like, they didn't reference them or they didn't talk to them directly. They just were like in their own little fantasy, which makes sense because Valentina's on the team. I mean, <laughs> they, um, they also didn't have a name. So they didn't have a name for their signature drink and they were in those obnoxious, um, What's the oh. name of the Fabi? You know what's the name of the place on the strip that where you can get a refillable Southern tube? Comfort? No, every casino. Fat Tuesday. <laughs> Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. Oh yeah, Fat Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you put it in a thing that big? Like that's so unnecessary. I thought that that was part of the joke. I thought it was a joke, right? Because it, it was be. tall and thin. Yeah. It, it was, did. It was it, supposed to be ridiculous. It did have a name because it was like a ride or something. It just they said it so quickly. Like twice that we've watched it, and I I don't know, but I didn't catch a name. I just heard our signature cocktail is tall and thin and full of champagne, and I'm like, okay. I love that Rita Ora could not like she couldn't maneuver she couldn't maneuver it to like sip it. I thought that was very funny. Um, but yeah, (sighs) let's talk about Club Hive. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I mean, mean, saying the name of the club out loud is like, oh, not going there. Yikes. I liked it. it. Sounds so exclusive. Club Hive? Yeah. Like, you know, like, because I'm not thinking of hives. I'm thinking of like a hive. You know, it's all these like men working for this queen. And like, that's it. Wow. Okay. It would have been better if it was just hive. Yes. Or yeah. like the hive. With a Y. <laughs> oh my God. Stop it. So stop nice it. Life. Oh my In God. Oh. Spanish with a J. <laughs> the hive. The hive. J A I V E. Oh my god. Hive. <laughs> yes. Oh no, chop off the E, sorry. Um, chop off the E, yeah. <laughs> um they did really they did do a really good job. Um yeah, I don't know. I I felt like they were I, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the editors were trying to make it seem like there was um there was like f- like fighting going on when they were doing their little tour thing. Am I wrong? <gasps> I don't think the editors did that. I think Manila was trying to like show off just a little too much. Yeah, totally. And I didn't, it, it was weird because like these are definitely like Manila isms, you know, like the, the like weird thing she does with her voice and her eyes and all of that. And like, mm-hmm. but I've, I've, I've never seen her interact with other girls like that on, you know, when she's been on the show, like to, to basically be kind of off key. 
in a in 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 a way, you know. Um, well, like off key because like you know, Latrice said something, then Trinity said something, and they were all kind of in the same. Uh, I don't know, like 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 when you level out the volume on the podcast, like exactly. that's the, y- y- you know, like they all seemed in sync and kind of in the same place, and Manila kind of seemed like she came out of left field, like she was photobombing mm. socially. Her level, yeah, her energy level was off. Yeah, she was, it, she was yeah. just a she was a really excited party goer. She wasn't, mm-hmm. and you could tell that like it irritated Trinity and Latrice because they just like looked at her from the side and were like, what? like, okay. But I feel like she learned quickly because it was mm-hmm. only at the it was only at the beginning, and I yeah. remember watching it and being like, oh my god, Manila's gonna be so annoying this whole skit. Mm-hmm. But then like in the middle of it i got lost in it i was so entertained i think yeah. like she's a quick learner she's mm-hmm. like oh shit i gotta turn it down a notch i mean yeah. yes uh <laughs> i mean latrice did send her laser beams like oh she God. was doing that through her eyes but um <laughs> she definitely she definitely like came through at the mm-hmm. end i think it was a smart choice to have trinity be the host yeah uh, of the game that they did because mm-hmm. she did an excellent job and daniel didn't even catch the stinger comment until the second time we watched i heard finger what? so and i was like oh Context I clues, thought, why would that make sense i don't know why robert you know, <laughs> you the know way. what daniel i heard finger too see i didn't i, I didn't you get see? it see maybe i was just being dirty and i wanted a finger i don't know oh my god well, <laughs> too much. That makes sense. That so makes sense. I'm a stinger, right? Obviously, because when I heard <laughs> when we watched it this morning, I was like, "Oh, of course, Daniel, it's a stinger." It's like, yeah, ha 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 ha. Okay, <laughs> like I got it. Um, and I, I think specific, like the decor was great, and I think honorable mention really needs to go to Latrice's hair because that yes. was, I would say, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on her head while she's been on the show. It was just stunning. Like to co- seamless. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was it was a thing of beauty. I uh, mean, to quote Serena Chacha, that was soft sculpture. Was right? <laughs> it did. It, it and, and it did look soft and, and just like Oh, it was beautiful. It reminded me of the mashed potatoes that come with the chicken Madeira at uh, <gasps> at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> wow. Yes. But fashion. That's always my cheesecake goal. factory, but fashion. but fashion, mashed potatoes, but fashion, darling. Um, yeah, um, and all of the, I mean, all of the little bee uh, puns mm-hmm. that were sprinkled in. I thought they did. I didn't even catch Beasley. Yeah, Beasley, Beasley who was the bartender. bartender, and I loved when um, when when Trinity was like describing all the stuff that was in the drink. I was like, okay. I would, you know, I mean, I don't know about the, was it wasp venom or, or so I'm like, I don't know about that, but like the glasses look great. It was really cute. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the only thing missing was the new pit crew member. Where was Wilson? I don't know. Maybe he was allergic to bees. (laughs) That's it. That had to be it. He was like, nope, nope. Bye. I can't today. Uh, I love the spelling bee contest, you know, with the stinger. Um, I thought it was cute. Yeah. You know. Oh, now Wilson. I know. I, all I can think about is Wilson and how mm. I wish oh he was my, my neighbor and he would like mm-hmm. peer over the fence. I'm, I still miss Jason. <laughs> I want Jason back. Jason was here on yes. this episode, wasn't he? I didn't see he was him on this episode. Oh, I don't. Absolutely was there. Yeah, he was there. Oh, just Wilson was missing. Oh my I god, you're right. He was because he did the runway. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. the runway this week <laughs> is plastique fantastique. I full on thought that RuPaul was going to say plastique tiara. Yeah. That's just where my brain was in the moment. <laughs> Um, also, she's stunning. 
There I said it. Um, let's talk about Latrice in probably my favorite outfit I've ever seen her in, ever. I mean, like, incredible. It's amazing. It's like she went balls to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Um, gorgeous. I mean, she must have been melting inside of this, but it was like, uh, just great. And, and, you know, kudos to her because she had to inflate every single one of those balls. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but that was great. You know, no she complaints. She looks happy in it. Yeah. I love when you can see that. Well, she said she was going to walk down her the runway in her favorite thing. And I was like, just like, I, I, I was a smidge worried after the, you know, her, her uh, After Dark Eleganza gown. I was like, you said you really liked that too, but nobody else did. Um, this was per- like, and so different for Latrice. Yeah, as the well. The only thing is that I I feel like that ball on top of her head is deflated, or is that I, supposed to be like? A I hair, think it it like deflated a, a little bit. Yeah, I mean they're under those hot lights, you know, yeah. like it's not you know not kind to latex. True, but yeah, yeah. but she oh my god the makeup is stunning. Mm-hmm. She looks she looks so good. She does. Uh, next up we have Manila, who's giving us a fruit basket. Yeah, I don't like it. I abstain. <laughs> what do you I think, don't Cody? mind it. I don't mind it. I just feel like, okay, I know I'm being nitpicky, but like she has real fruit on her head. Like why why wouldn't she make her earrings real bananas? Oh, That's is like, it real fruit? I mean, it's uh, it's not real, but it's like to scale, I, I guess. Oh, you know oh I my mean? God. That would have like, been so silly if she had like. If you're going to take me there, like go all the way. Yeah. She looks great. But Fabi, I think it's good. what if these are just those like little bananas that you find in the bodega? You know, the tiny ones? Oh, no, they're not. The girth yeah. is not correct. No. My grandmother used to call those <laughs> pinguitas. Yes. And I was like, great grandma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I know, I guess she's just being fun and, and campy, and I, I like it. I know that it, it's not anything, like, groundbreaking, but I thought it was funny. It's not the pasta. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it is not. That was probably my favorite thing she's ever worn. I know. This is cute. Runway. I love she's wearing her Chichi Rodriguez hair. Um, that, yes. that That's my only comment. That's it. Who's next? Let's talk about Trinity. Oh. Um, I love this effect, but I wish that she had been wearing a gown like mm. this, but as a gown. <gasps> I think it's perfect. Mm-hmm. She looks like I... couture bubble gum. Okay, guys, I have to say something about Trinity. Like, yes. I was not a fan and you guys love her. And that's like the one thing that bugs me about your recaps. I'm like, they live for Trinity every week. Well, we weren't. I don't see it. We weren't here for it in the very, very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, on, on her season, we were like, mm, but. <laughs> but this look, I mean, okay, so this is going to be mean, but I don't care. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you guys listen to the read, the podcast, the read. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Uh, when Renelle Z- when Renee Zellweger got her face done, remember a few years ago, <laughs> Kid Fury, <laughs> Kid Fury described her face as a chewed up piece of gum, <gasps> and that's exactly why I didn't like Trinity for the longest time. I'm like, she looked like a piece of gum. Her face does not move. Like, how can you be a drag queen and lip sync for a living, and you cannot emote? There's no. There's no, your, your face is in constant, just like, 
You're a statue. She's static. But she literally came out as the piece of gum this time, and I lived. I... And I said, you know what, <laughs> Trinity, I love you. You're amazing. Uh, I see it now. I see it. It was gorgeous. I mean, uh... she won me over. I'm curious, what was it about Trinity before this that it was just her face or was there anything else that it's, didn't do it for you? To, okay, so to me, it's it's about the transformation. And I feel like Trinity, out of her face out of drag and in drag, is to me, is almost the same. Oh, really? I don't know. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I just, it, it, she just rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. And I know it was just like a weird personal thing because obviously... Her her outfits, especially this season, have been stunning. And yeah. I mean, not brown cow, but I mean, a whole nother <laughs> level of stunning. And oh, my God, did you notice this is the first episode that um, <laughs> that Monique Hart hasn't said brown cow? <gasps> oh, my oh, God, my you're gosh. right. Anyway, um, I don't know. She just rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I have no actual reason for it. And mm. you're just hating when- on her indiscriminately. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, like like certain podcasts. Yeah. So, listen. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you when you're on a show with somebody like Manila whose face is so expressive, mm-hmm. I guess that's what that's what bothered me about Trinity is like just like there's no expression and mm. you're like when you're a drag queen, I don't know, I feel like that's so important. That's but true. but she definitely won me over with her personality and and with these looks like, yeah these looks are incredible yeah yeah she's definitely yeah. like i like i want to go to something that she's hosting because i feel like it would be a lot of fun yes you know like yes. and and that's the thing that one that like i guess one won us over was that like she's such a fun personality and like does really kooky things and it's like the best thing they could have done on drag race was present her as a pageant queen and then her like pulling out all this other shit that she had because that is what like solidified it. I'm like, every time I look at Trinity, I'm like, yeah, like you're like a pageant girl. That's how you came up. But like you do everything. And, and it's great that she has that behind her because it means that we will always be kind of kept on our toes by her because anytime she does even like the slightest thing, it's like, Oh wow, that's really different from the thing she just did like two days ago, you know? Um, and, yeah. and just look, just like from last episode, last episode, she was giving us showgirls, uh, <laughs> 1990s, uh, Vegas fantasy. And this, this week is like, it's a completely different queen to me. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that hair, that hair is just Oof. gorgeous. It's by Sarah Andrews of Wig Takeout in Chicago. So go check that out. Um, yeah, yeah. she looks gorgeous. We're going to take another break and we're going to continue talking about this runway when we get back. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, 
oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back, and it's time to talk about Naomi's look. Um, what did we think about this look? Because I kind of just like it. I mean, hmm. it's okay. I, I like I, it, but... Um. I think it's good. I like it. Um, it's not giving me, like, over-the-top plastic, I guess, look, like some of the queens, but... The proportions are correct. The colors that she chose are on point. Um, I just love Naomi. It reminds me of her tennis outfit. Do you remember that from yes. her season? It's like it's like she took it and like melted it down and like recast the vinyl into these like discs. Like I'm like, oh okay. So this is just her going to dinner instead of going to tennis. I don't know. That was a story I made up in my head. But again, kudos to her for like managing that dress because that dress must be so heavy and like uh, mm-hmm. hard right. to deal with but the hair was great i mean it was it was cute but when is she not like you know yeah. it it never it never doesn't work with her for whatever reason yeah um but yeah i don't know i liked it yeah uh, it's good let's talk about valentina and Ugh. her look which i thought i was going <laughs> to i was going to give it a name oh she's miss venezuela but like other than that i don't really understand what the uh, Miss Venezuela thing has to do with the rest of it? Because that's part this of is, her fantasy. You know, this is probably the worst outfit on the runway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's that there boo-boo. was like a... I mean, okay, I like the fact that... I mean, okay, hold on. If I were her, I would have articulated myself. Like, I would have painted articulations. Okay. Because that is what ruined this French vanilla fantasy. Is that she was moving like she was supposed to be made of plastic but i almost wanted her to take it further like put more highlighter on yourself so you reflect more as if you're plastic you know like use use your like you know like your 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 eyeliner pencil to like draw little joints or something you know because then it plays up the fantasy um i don't get the reference of like is miss venezuela have a lot of plastic surgery or something no i think she just you know, wanted know. to be a plastic uh, Miss Universe contestant. But what, no. what did it for me were the panties that had the little dots, just like all those Barbies oh, yeah. do. That was kind of fun. That was really funny. But um, it was, it was you know, middle of the road. Yeah, I don't know. It could have just been like more exaggerated and the sash could have just, I don't know, just from like an art standpoint, it could have been like the suggestion of a pageant queen or like the exaggeration of it. Mm -hmm. Also, she could have gone the other way and just had this like giant sash and just like a doll, almost like a doll, you know, Um, but it just kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, it looks like a school project. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like to me. The crown is the worst part. Mm hmm. That yeah. that crown. I mean that that I was staring at it the whole time, and I'm like, so did they run out of time when they made this for you? Like, Yikes. what happened to that? You it think I don't like, know? It looks like an or. It reminds me of an organ that's like built into a wall. <laughs> that's what I'm getting from it. Mm, like yes, giving go. me Mormon Tabernacle Choir realness. Yes. Ah! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my god. It's uh, it's funny. I had a problem with the length, but Valentina really to me like. There wasn't anything about it that said plastic when, like, the way that she walked down the runway. Um, but her walk sold it to me. So, mm, I don't yeah, know. I don't know what that says about me. Um, let's talk about Monet and her see-through look. Yeah, amazing. Clear. Yes, clear. 
vinyl. It's the same person who made um, Trinity's look, actually. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it was like fogging up at one point. I know. Like, I, saw, I saw some... Uh, some moisture there i feel like you can't avoid that when you're doing you know this like thick vinyl because it's like grommeted and rhinestoned and and i love that this is like i feel like her her like a warrior mermaid redemption outfit because that didn't go over so well but she's like i'm gonna be a warrior again but this time it's gonna be like you know roman she had that like little roman skirt i thought it was great i hated the shoes yeah she has different shoes in this photo that she posted on instagram they're, they match. So I think they match like the shin guards. Oh, um, there were shin guards. Yeah, that was what was on her. Because she was a warrior. Right. Like this is like a freaking Roman like gladiator outfit. Yeah. I think I had a hard time seeing the details on this because the rest of the fa- like the majority of the fabric was plastic that was clear. And so I was like, oh, I'm focusing on whatever nude garment she's wearing underneath this. And not the like it was hard for me to focus on the the little details outside because you could see so much of the nude garments she was wearing underneath, even though I liked it. I just the shoes. you know, to me, it was a little distracting. I mean, I think the outfit is really beautiful. I like yeah. it. But the the way when it, when she was walking down the runway, it looked like they were blurring out her crotch. I think just just because of how it was layered. And to me, that was distracting. Maybe it was just I foggy. Was like, I know. I think it was just the, just the fog. What do you think about the hair color? I thought it was cute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like if it was white, can you imagine? That would have been so ooh, cool. Ooh. Right? Ooh, white with some like rhinestones sprinkled on it. Yes. Mm. Oh, but or yeah. tinsel. I, I, ooh, if this had been tinsel, can you imagine? Ooh. Maybe too much? Maybe just a little too much. I mean, <laughs> it's drag. <laughs> <You know? laughs> too much. Just a little bit. <laughs> but but we like wigs by vanity hadn't come out with their tinsel wigs yet so that's true that's true you know, they can you know do that i just can you imagine this quaff but in tinsel like all tinsel like too much oh, or amazing or like pvc plastic that was just clear <gasps> like a sculpture it. why not like a rhinestone oh pvc sculpture i would have loved that was that. a full installation girl that oh my amazing. god <laughs> You're going to hear all the drills in the background in the workroom. Like, oh, my God. Someone needs to make that happen now. I put it out into the universe. Good luck to you all. Okay. Monique in her Josephine Baker. Did I say the right name this time? Thank you. Yeah. Josephine Baker inspired outfit. Womp womp. Yeah. It's the bodysuit. Yeah. She loves that bodysuit, but it doesn't always like work with everything that she wears, I think. Like if she had shown her actual skin, I think it would have been more interesting, but that was it. It just like it looked it looked like I was watching this outfit come down the runway on like a like a dress form. Oh. Yeah. And th- and that's the only thing that like bothered me cuz like we've seen, you know, when 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 she did her um her boots the house down look like she showed her midsection and it's like i think that could have worked like you could totally have just worn the breastplate with the harness over it Mm. you know because i thought the costume's really cool generally maybe her undergarments are covering that area and so she just doesn't want oh i mean i'm sure yeah exposed undergarment because then that kind of looks like shit um but i i liked you know the um i like the idea of the bananas being made out of um like plexi yeah i thought that was really cool even though suzanne barge called them her flat bananas 
Flat bananas. I love F L A H T bananas. <laughs> flat bananas. I feel that maybe like if the if her top was like more like a more classic shape, mm-hmm. I don't know. It would have it would have I don't know, it would have been better. I don't know, those like strips over her breastplate. I don't know, it just doesn't do it. Yeah. I, I, I actually think the banana the flat bananas are kinda cool, but What's going on on the top? I don't understand. Yeah, it's a little. I think separately, all of it's kind of cool, but there's a there's something like imagine if this was an entire like mini dress made of the bananas, just the bananas. <gasps> yeah. And she just like shimmied down mm-hmm. the runway. Oh my! It could have been mm-hmm. like it, it could have been shaped like the dresses that um um and the placement. Hold on, and the placement of the bananas because the bananas are like there are clear ones, there's red ones, there's yellow ones. Like she placed it so that it creates. Like a gradient uh, or something. Like a, no, but like one of those. Um, you know how they have the the body suits with like floral print on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. She created like a print out of the placement of the bananas mm-hmm. so that it would mm. like it would just look really cool. I don't know. That'd be great. Yeah, so much fun. Also, can I just say that me critiquing the fashion of drag queens is hilarious from a person that wears a skeleton T-shirt every day and has zero <laughs> fashion sense. But, you know, um, Michael, so Kors wore, <laughs> Michael Kors wore a T-shirt, a blazer, and jeans on Project. You know, that's all he wears. So I think, I think you're just, you know, suited up to critique other people because you're not worrying about yourself. <laughs> I don't have time for my fashions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly oh my gosh i kind of envy you for that because if i could find one thing and just like that would just be great just don't think about it i'd love it um yeah i was trying to marie kondo all of my t-shirts the other day and they're (laughs) and they're all black so i was like how am i gonna tell these apart and then i was just like "Eh, who cares put Put them in little boxes with photos on them that's a good idea. Oh my god, so much work. <laughs> just don't just just fold them like a regular person, y'all. Get over yourselves. <laughs> he recondoed my sock drawer. Girl, my roommates watch that bullshit and now it's like they're throwing everything away. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> please stop getting rid of shit. Like, I understand like what do you I don't understand. I'm like, it's a closet for a reason. There needs to be stuff in it. What are you doing? True, true. <laughs> I'm also a hoarder, mm. so anyway. I mean I refuse. I refuse. Um okay, I was conv- I was confused by the top two this week because yeah. I thought that Oh, you mean the top two. The top two. Oh, I thought you meant really? I was confused by the top two. Okay. I Never don't know mean. how that's different. Oh, from the what top I said. two people. Oh, no. two and T O O. Yeah, I thought you were you were adding on to the confusion about Monique's top. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking top comma T O O, not top two, like the numbers. Sorry. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was confused because uh, both Rita and Suzanne said that they didn't want to leave Monet and Monique's party. And it seemed like they really enjoyed what Monet wore. So I was prepared for it to be Latrice and Monet in the top. But. Yeah. I feel like they were going to pick a winning club. I mean, but they were a winning club, I thought. No, no, no. I mean, I feel like sorry, that the the top 2 would come from whatever club they all thought was best. That's what I meant. I think thanks to Manila's design and like mm-hmm. the the cohesive idea with the beehive one with the hive mm-hmm. and then I think what really sold it was Trinity's hosting at the end. It really left a lasting impression on them. And I think yeah. that's why I think that's why they won. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was just more it was a little bit more elevated than than monique and monet's hmm i also feel like latrice coming back with such a renewed um like vigor you know like Mm -hmm. really i mean this is like a brand new latrice Mm -hmm. like I, I feel like, you know, she was gone for like two days and was like, I'm going to get all new costumes. This is all going to be redone and I'm going to come back as if I just got here. And it really does feel like, you know, like this thing that she came down the runway in could have been an entrance look. Mm, true. You know, like it's just so, I don't know. I'm excited that she's back. She, I, I think she, she like is no more Latrice Laurel. She's uh, our Latrice Royale again, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about the bottom two and the fact that it was only two and not three? Hmm. I mean, I think it was deserved. You mean three, like put Manila in the bottom as well? Well, normally it's three people that are in the bottom. Although is I it, guess they kind of just pick it, it based three? on the week. The last, the last time it was everybody was in the bottom if you weren't in the top. Right. Right. So they so they changed the rules again mm-hmm. this time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I feel um, it's like whatever club they thought was the worst. Those were the the people who were. I be feel in like the they could. They just couldn't put Manila in the bottom. No, she just did so good. Yeah. yeah. No. She painted all those hexagons. <laughs> <laughs> Very Winnie the Pooh. Oh my god. <laughs> What is she saying? This yellow and black? Ew. (laughs) I love her. Space? Ew. I mean, (laughs) who wants to go to a space club? Tacky. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I do. That's a a t-shirt for her. Tacky. Ew. Mm -hmm. Ew. Be great. (laughs) Um, The, do we want to talk about anything from the, um, the deliberation or whatever that's called? I mean, it was, you know, I, no, I, I mean, I, you know, Latrice didn't want to send anybody home. I mean, I mean, Valentina had very many gay <gasps> like those moments mm-hmm. um, throughout the course of the of the deliberation, and then also when she started crying immediately after Trinity asked her one question, I was like, "Oh my goodness, what are you doing? Like, this is too much." Um, but uh, yeah, so the lip sync song is "You Spin Me Round" by Dead or Alive, and Trinity's wearing this like old person outfit. Girl. What was that? Okay. Um <laughs> before we get into that, is this the first time they've sung a, a man, like a man's voice on, on the show? They've done Sylvester, but I think oh, that that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I think yes. other than that, that's it. Um, okay, yeah. Back to Trinity's thing. Okay, there's this thing um called the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> and the outfit to me fell into that. It's like, do you know the Uncanny Valley, Daniel? No. Did you learn about it in art? Okay, so there's these different levels of the uncanny that uh, it, it, if you're in it, it makes you creeped out when you look at something because it's not real, but it's not fake enough. Oh, you know? oh, okay. So yes, it falls, we did. It mm-hmm. falls into this weird section where. Uh, to me, it was so uncanny because it just like kind of grosses you out because it reminds you of something, mm-hmm. but it's not s- too far removed. Case in point, you remember when uh, when Monet Exchange did almost the same look? Yes, but mm-hmm. it was so cartoony mm-hmm. that it was funny. Yeah, this was not cartoony enough, and it was gross. And you could see it <laughs> on the judges' faces; mm-hmm. they were so grossed 
out. And RuPaul it looked was, perplexed, and I love, I love when we when we see her <laughs> yeah. break, and she's just like, "What is what this? The fuck, like, is that? What a strange choice. Yeah, just strange. Yeah. I, and 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 I don't, I don't get it, but." I didn't dislike it. Like it really creeped me out because I was just like, Oh my God, this is so like, it's just weird. But like when she started twirling and the titties started, like it it was just like, she, she did that one good like pirouette uh-huh. at one point and the titties like came out on their own and spun. And I was yeah. like, Oh, and when she like pulled her underwear up at the, I mean, it was, <sighs> it was, it was strange. I don't get it. But again, she just like I don't know. No wonder her. To, no wonder her and Valentina are friends. She was trying <laughs> to shock us. She was trying to shock us, and I think it worked. I just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I thought it was weird, and I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a success like she thought it would be. Do you think it like, cost her the lip sync? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I was a little so. confused by the person that the, the fact that Latrice was the winner of the lip sync because it seemed like the camera was following Trinity only for most of it. And normally whoever <laughs> gets the most screen time is the winner. I um, really do think that Latrice was just weirded out the whole time too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was just trying to do her best. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. She's like, well, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to try to be present. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all that was going through Latrice. I was confused too. I was like, I really don't know who's going to win because Latrice didn't really go all out either. Right. Yeah. 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 She was a little, it was a little low energy, but um, I'm not mad that she didn't win. I think if anything, or that she did win rather, sorry. Um, at, if anything, I think that uh, Latrice winning this lip sync is like, like final confirmation that like you won your spot back in this competition and you should be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, my theory though, while I was watching it, I was like, I think Latrice isn't going hard on this, on this lip sync because she doesn't want to have to send Valentina home Yep, and be, and, and be the, be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't but, be the first uh, time that somebody's done that. I know, I've seen it <laughs> several times. Are you saying it's time. happened? You've clocked it this season? Yes, girl. <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, two words, Tina Turner. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't... <laughs> I just... I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird lip sync. Yeah. And how did we feel about Valentina being eliminated? Mm. I mean, it made sense. Yeah. I mean, listen, they all saw that, you know, in terms of the content that that Naomi and and Valentina presented, like Naomi wrote it. So it's like, yeah. You know, if Naomi hadn't written it, they'd just be like going, "Ooh, and ah, oh, Sabaski." Yeah. You know, um yeah. And I mean, this was Valentina's third time in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm actually sad to see her go, but yeah. it was yeah. her time. There's this there's no there's no doubt. Yeah. I mean Yeah. I, it was her time. I mean, I also think she had a great like she didn't leave like this isn't like when she got eliminated on on her you know, her season right. where like the you, you know, the challenge that they presented was haphazard. I mean, you know, this was and again, I, I I don't think that they were like it. It wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. It was just like it could have used a little more. But you know, this is not her thing generally. Anyway, I I I think that she put the work in. 
the costume was great. Like she gave them what they wanted and she's been doing consistently good work and incredible lip syncs. Yeah. The whole season. So I feel like if anything, you know, it's like somebody has to go every week. Of course. So, and she got saved on the, on the rose. Cause if, if they hadn't changed the rules, she would have gone home. So yeah. she got what? Two more, two more episodes, two more yeah. episodes. So, mm-hmm. you know, she got a bonus. And I am excited to watch her in Rent. Oh, my God. I can't wait. So. Yes. This Sunday on Fox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine if, if uh, like, VH1 called Fox and was like, okay, so this is going to happen. So you've got to, like, you know, Robert was like, well, she gets Rent tomorrow. So, you know, yeah. she's coming out on top. I just, I, I, I really hope that, like, her fans are, like, act like humans and don't go after Latrice. Well, I hope that they don't go after Latrice, but I also hope that they can take pride in the strong showing that was this mm-hmm. season of All-Stars yeah. for her. It's very, yeah. If she was great. I mean, it's just, ob- it was to me, it was obvious that she was going to be sent home. Yeah. And I mean, if, the, if her fans don't see that, I, I think this is the perfect, oh my God, can we talk about, <laughs> this is the perfect situation, okay? Listen, this was timed so well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Valentina's leaving, her fans are upset, but also they're like, oh, she's going to be in rent, something to look forward to. We're not going to attack Latrice. I don't know about, I don't know about y'all, but did, did, did Selena play right after on yes. one? And then to calm us all down, they played Selena after. And you know what? It worked on me. I just kept watching <laughs> Selena and forgot that Valentina was sent home. Do you know? Oh, my God. They're fucking with us, y'all. They're fucking with us. I didn't think it's about so that. Perfect. So like, oh I... My God. She's the Selena of drag. I've never... Mm-hmm. I have never turned... What a tribute. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I have never turned the TV off when Selena is on in my life. And this episode was the first time. Why? Because I had watched it earlier that day. But anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I always turn it off right when, right before she starts singing Dreaming of You. I'm like, turn it off. Moving on. Yeah. Just like Old Yeller, you just turn it off before the dog gets shot. I just, I can't Perfect. do it. I, I mean... <laughs> There have been times where I'm like, oh, Yolanda's on the screen for the first time. Turn it off. Like, I can't. I can't look. I really can't. Um, Oh, yeah. Don't drop that rose, Selena. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hold on to that ring. Hold on to that ring, girl. (laughs) Fuck. Don't go to the days in. Oh, no. Stop. Oh, my God. I can't. Don't do that. Don't make Selena jokes. I I know better. Do you know that (laughs) I had never noticed, and I thought this, uh, it was glaring yesterday when I watched it. Um, and I was roller setting a wig when I was doing it because I was like, I need to watch something while I do this. And Selena was on VH1 at the time, but I was like, let me put on my copy of Selena so I, I don't have to watch commercials. Um, they never acknowledge. I know that they're they don't like Selena's family does not celebrate holidays or birthdays, but I didn't right. notice how glaringly obvious it is in the movie because they don't acknowledge holidays or birthdays. And it's like any other movie with a Hispanic family would have acknowledged birthdays and holidays. Y'all, something else. Next time you watch Selena, the movie, if you watch it, it's it's not about Selena. It's about her dad. Mm, it's true. so fucked up. The what? whole movie. Ooh. Yeah, it should just be called Abraham Quintanilla, oh not God, Selena. It. For real. Stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So we got a listener question 
that we are going to um, respond to. It was rather lengthy. Um, the email came to us from Brandon um, and they wrote, uh, I just want to write in with some things I have been mulling over lately regarding RPDR and your podcast coverage of All Stars 4, particularly in relation to how you talk about Gia Gunn. Um, I have been a dedicated listener to Grizzly Kiki for a while, but recently I have been really uncomfortable with the way you talk about Gia, her storyline on All Stars, and her life in general, especially compared to how you discuss the other queens on the show. Can you take over? I'm just okay. not interested. So then they're right. So I hope you'll consider what I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry. What I'm, I'm saying going through something right as a good faith criticism and not trolling or anything like that. I believe in accountability, especially when it comes to people we respect. And that is why I'm writing privately to you. Lots of privately now. Um, and not putting you on blast on Twitter or whatever in an effort, as you discussed a while ago, to call in rather than call out. Some stuff from the podcast that I find pretty problematic slash unsettling. And Brandon, we want to acknowledge and appreciate the fact that you are calling us in rather than calling yes. us out. Yes, and that is why mm-hmm. we decided to address it on the podcast. Right. So, um, so the first, well, again, we're we're doing excerpts <laughs> because it's quite long. Yeah. Um. So they write. So in general, I get that you don't like Gia, or at least don't like the character she portrays on TV. Fair enough. And I agree that it is foolish to think that she has no control over how she comes across uh, the shows she's been a part of. That said, whenever you guys start talking about Gia, I get the sense that there is a whole other level of disdain that you have for her. And this often ends up driving the conversation. What starts as a critique of a runway challenge or a performance or some workroom drama quickly devolves into you guys saying some really mean shit about Gia the performer, not not Gia the character. Um, hold on. I'm going to go through this whole section and then we'll respond. Okay. Yep. Um, as far as I can tell, you've never met Gia, and it seems like the folks you ha- you know have not had much interaction with her either. This follows a pattern where it seems like there's a big divide between people who've worked with Gia outside of Drag Race and people who experience Gia, whose experience with Gia is only through the show or social media. It seems How do they like know that. Sorry. I mean, I, well, we're going to get to that part. Okay. Um, it seems like more than just sharp opinions on Drag Race, you guys aren't using the same set of rules to critique Gia as the other queens. As I listen to your critiques for All Stars 4, it has become obvious that no matter what, if Gia is involved, you will find a way to shit on her. For whatever reason, you have a pretty obvious double standard when it comes to Gia versus the other girls. For me, this has gotten you into trouble, at least as far as following the criteria you set out on the podcast, being approving of the report card system of judging queens, calling out racist, sexist, and other problematic behavior and performances on the show. Okay, let's address that. Okay. Um, Shall I? Um, sure. I mean, I was just going to say, uh, I have met Gia. Mm -hmm. I actually, um, I, I don't, so I don't have the best view of her. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care for her as a person because I've seen some pretty nasty things that she's done to people that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only instance that I feel comfortable talking about on the podcast because it's on YouTube is, um, the billboard pride spilling the tea segment. I was there with Jiggly when that was being filmed and I was waiting for her because I was like holding her stuff and she ran out of the filming at one point and she was crying and Jiggly doesn't really just cry for no reason. So I was concerned and I was also we were also like supposed to be eating lunch at that moment. So I'm concerned because Jiggly has a tendency to ignore food for like the whole day 
And then when it's like too late, she ends up like feeling sick or mm-hmm. like she can't eat. So I'm like, I'm thinking like we have to go because we we recorded or she filmed that the day uh, of DragCon setup. So I'm like, we have something to do after this. So I need to keep you as like grounded and focused as I can. So I'm trying, I'm like, oh my God, she's crying. And I'm trying to like offer her food. And I have this like bag of makeup for Mm -hmm. her that I'm like, I don't know what to do with any of this, but like here, like, and it was in relation to what, you know, what basically Gia, uh, saying something to her about her sharing her story yeah and what hurt me was that you know gia or gia jiggly wasn't able to be like okay this was just something that somebody said me talking Mm -hmm. about this was good she went right to i should have never spoken about this Mm -hmm. which that sucks to me yeah so um so yes so we you know and and i've and i've met gia as well obviously and i mean i i think brandon (laughs) it's that you know, you're you're assuming that we just have in like no, we don't we don't necessarily care for how she behaves. I, and and I will be quite honest, I don't I don't like her behavior. And no, like you know, she is foolish if she thinks that like, um, you know, this is all being edited together because she did say these things and she is being she was being manipulative and not kind. And it is it was very obvious. When, you know, the people that she would be nice to were those that she, you know, wanted to have on her good side. And at least from my part, yeah, maybe the language that I've used to critique Gia has not been the nicest. Um, And I full on admit that I have allowed my personal feelings for her to color how I have critiqued her on Mm -hmm. the show. But I also... I also see this person who is really smug and mm-hmm. and just like such there's like so much, you know, like smug there's so many smug comments that you can make until you're like, okay, well, you made all these smug comments, now back them up. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that whenever that situation comes up for Gia, she can't back them yeah. up. And and also, I mean as 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 far as you know, I will admit I did I did call her rancid, and I stand by that. I think her behavior was rancid. It was not sisterly. It was not uh, constructive or productive. And I think that if you're going to go around trying to basically psych people out, be, like, a little smarter about it. Well, make sure the tools in your arsenal yeah. are sharpened. And, and again, I, f- I feel yeah, like, you know, both. this is the behavior that you're talking about where I lapse back into it, but it's like... It's just nobody else was doing that. Nobody else was participating in that behavior or, you know, trying to <clears throat> trip each other up like that. And so, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it's a if, if I would say it's a double standard, but we we critique what we see and I wasn't liking what I was seeing. And if I can't if I don't like the personality, whether it's really you or a character you're putting on, why you would want that to be the character that people consume is beyond me. I don't get it well, because that is not, at least that is not what I like. It couldn't be me. So that's Brandon, that is why like, yes, maybe we went in a little harder or we did go in harder on Gia than anybody else because when it came down to it, when you look at the brass tacks of the situation, she was not, um, being like a like a it, it, she was just wasn't coming across as a good person i mean it was very hard to watch this you know and yeah. and and then she would try and convince people that she's like actually 
no, you know, I just wanted to go talk to her. Cause like, what if she's not here tomorrow? But then she goes and tells that to the girl. And it's like, you know, and, and I'm not like saying, you know, poor Farah, poor Farah, like, you know, which was one of the other points that Brandon raised, but it's like, I, I, I mean, Gia was being the aggressor and this has nothing to do with her being a person of color. There's nothing to do with her being a trans woman or even us, you know, believing that she doesn't belong there because she did belong there, you know, but I never once said that I didn't think she belonged. There. Exactly. So I think that I think that she belongs there. I think that what I didn't appreciate is that she kept feeling all on her own, like no one was doing this to her. She kept feeling like she didn't belong. And no one is questioning your placement in this competition mm-hmm. other than you. Yeah. Um, Fabi, do you have anything to add? Ooh, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's complicated because a lot of people, I mean, when it comes to Gia on the show, I don't know. I've never met Gia. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's so interesting because Gia is kind of held at this weird standard in this season because she is representing the trans community. And that's never fair. I think that, right. Um, a lot of the comments that I hear on other uh, RuPaul's Drag Race recap shows also kind of have addressed this of like, you know, Gia's just Gia and she's representing herself. And yep. she happens, she happens to be a trans person. And, you know, you have people like Jiggly, like Sonique, like Peppermint that have been on the show and uh, are, you know, are also advocates in their own way. Um, and probably more responsibly and more responsible in their advocacy and and that's okay you know like but gia doesn't have to be the representative for all of them um so that's when we kind of fall into i think we get into trouble um when 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 people are kind of held at that standard and i kind of think that it's unfair that the show did that to her um because i think that's kind of how they set it up Mm -hmm. um which which is not gia's fault Mm -mm. um and Gia knew what she was doing when she went in. Obviously, she was the villain. She was mm-hmm. stirring the pot, and like y'all said, she, her tools were not sharp. She Mm-mm. didn't do it. She didn't do it in a fun way. Look at people like Valentina. We call her cuckoo crazy and delusional and in her own fantasy, but that bitch knows exactly what she's doing mm-hmm. on the show. Valentina is smart, and yep. she she played the villain and she played this de- delusional person. But I mean, she was she, she was acting the whole time right so uh, um as far as uh as far as this listener and their letter um i don't know i want to know like do you know why is it this email was very long like do you know gia uh do you feel i don't know i i feel like uh i don't i wouldn't be this passionate about uh drag race all-star unless like i had something personal going on with them so mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, it's a free podcast that you listen to and our, it's just opinions and for entertainment purposes. Right. And we're not attacking, we're not attacking a, a, a person or a community like to be hurtful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's how I am on my show anyway. Well, and y- you know, it's true. We do, you know, we have let our personal feeling, as we said, I think like three times now, you know, get, I guess in the way, but, the, but again, it's, it's, <sighs> It's gotten in the way with, I mean, it's definitely gotten in the way with the way that I talk about, mm-hmm. about Gia. Yeah. And then, and I, and you know, um, Brandon also raises um, another um, issue when they write, 
Um, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt because you lean into advocating for social justice and calling out racism and problematic shit that too often gets overlooked in drag. But Gia somehow seems to bring you to a place where you forget your own state of politics. Uh, You critique her for appropriating Latinx culture, for performing a racist character or Jenny Bowie, and for being a villain on the show. Well, not really a villain, because a villain, I think, is something that is constructed and is twisted. I think that we critique her behavior it it, this is this is just straight up the words that are coming out of her mouth and again this smugness um that she again she spent she spent so much time trying to like uh, like undercut other people and show off but then the proof wasn't in the pudding so Mm -hmm. it's like yeah maybe i've said that i have said that she's untalented because i don't I, I'm I'm not here for it. I don't I don't see it. It's just not it's it's not um like I expect more from somebody who is so damn smug all the time. True. Okay. Um sorry. <laughs> they say I think that it is sorry, I think it I think it is absolutely necessary. Being the villain on reality TV does not excuse racism no matter how produced it is. That said, every time you start in on Gia, you completely undercut your arguments because it seems like you get <clears throat> So up in your feelings about her that you end up saying things that are frankly worse than anything she said on the show. Um, what makes it even worse is that you don't even have the excuse of getting a bad edit. For instance, in the same episode where you called Gia racist, you literally made a racist joke about her referring her to referring to her as you know who Hamasaki. Right. And that was me. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know, it it was problematic. And I'm sorry. I I had I I wish I I wish I had known better than to say it when mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Um. But I mean, and I'm still learning, and I have a lot. I was, yeah. you know, I was raised. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for myself. Yeah. I was raised in a racist household, and there's a lot of deprogramming that has mm-hmm. to happen as an adult, and it's a thing I struggle with every single day. Mm-hmm. So I'm still learning, and I thank everyone who continues to support our podcast, in- including Brandon. Who, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, we would never ever make an excuse about a bad edit. So, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have left that in and we wouldn't be talking about this now. Right. Um, is there anything else? Oh, then they say further, you routinely call her talentless and downplay the importance and difficulty of Gia navigating, uh, out her life as a trans person, apparently because you know, other trans queens like Jiggly who don't own the same narrative as if, hold on. As if being a trans queen allows for a single journey of finding yourself. As if you're in a position to dictate what Gia's transition narrative is, especially since you don't actually know her. So hold on, because I I take particular issue with this statement here because we're not trying to say that all trans women or all trans women who do drag lead the same type of lives. Mm -hmm. And I went I went really I went in really deep on our last recap, mm-hmm. and I even brought up the fact that in Chicago, which is where Gia started her drag career, there is a trans, there's a club that only allows trans women to perform, and it's a, it's a drag club. So I'm, I'm basically trying to figure out why she felt so much pressure to prove why she needed to be there when everyone was very welcoming and like, hey, come sit at the table, come, you know, play with these crayons, like, you know, like, everyone wanted her there, they were all happy to have her there. She was creating all of this. um, I don't know what the right word is for it. But like, all this tension. She was it it, it seemed to me like she was talking about a narrative between her and the other girls that wasn't there. 
Unless she was referring to whatever was going on with production, which nobody sees except the people on the show. Right. So that is something that, yes, we would say, hey, can you, like, honestly, like, we're not, you know, n- n- nobody else is saying she doesn't belong there in terms of the contestants. So when we would, t- you know, say, like, okay, but this is not what we're seeing, it's not downplaying it. It's just, but we, we know where you're coming from. So how how is this playing into what's going on right now? You know, and and there were things, you know, and 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 I don't, I guess we're, we'll we'll wrap this up now. But like, you know, for example, we never ever ever said that Gia lied about um, the interaction that she had with RuPaul. We never said that. In fact, we do believe it happened. All we said was that Monet didn't say yes or no when the question was asked of her. Right. Um, I think but, what I said is I don't think she was able to talk about it because of the NDA exactly. the girls have to sign when they go on the show. Um, and it's it's oh, pretty right. well known that she did have a confrontation with RuPaul in the workroom it was, during the walkthrough before Snatch came. And that is not why they did not air it. They it, never don't air that walkthrough. If that was something we've known for a very, we've known this for months mm-hmm. and we were actually excited to see Gia take RuPaul to task uh, about the things that she said in her Vulture article, because, you know, I think that the best, I think for someone like RuPaul, the best way to learn is to be confronted with like a flesh and blood person in front of you who is saying, Hey, what you said really hurt my feelings. And, I feel like it's not reflective of what drag is as a whole. And we were sort of expecting that from Gia. And then they just didn't air the whole walkthrough. Mm-hmm. So we never, we never called her a liar. No. Ever. That mm. did not happen. Um, Fabi? <clears throat> as the Bodega Boys say, God's working on all of us. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah, we sleep up. We, we slip up. And as podcasters, I, I know that on my podcast, I've said a lot of really fucked up, racist, uh, homophobic, transphobic things. And I learn from every episode that I do. And I keep growing. And like Robert said, it takes a lot of deprogramming. I mean, yeah, we're we're all raised in a white supremacist, patriarchal capitalist society. So it's like it's ingrained in us. It's in our history books. And so uh it you know it's i I think about it this way like if i thought about every single word that was coming out of my mouth i wouldn't be able to do a podcast because everything anything that i say on my show i'm just thinking of the latest episode of latinos for lunch i said a lot of things that were offensive to certain communities you know like white people with dreads what are they gonna say to me now you know like even though (laughs) (laughs) shout out to thorgy so like (laughs) i mean I, yeah. I it's 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 this thing that that we we have to face as podcasters and it sucks that people like Brandon can write these emails and 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 call us out or call us in as they're saying um and and we have to deal with that and I see it as a positive thing because it really makes us reflect on what we actually think right. and and how uh, we will respond in the future because obviously just from listening to you guys talk about this, uh, this email really affected you guys because it really made you reflect on how you talk about Gia. Um, and I also feel like you guys kind of feel, um, I'm feeling very attacked right now. Uh, you feel, you feel <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a sensitive subject because you guys are such advocates and really uh, truly are um, uh, friends of a lot of these drag queens and friends with the trans community. Of course, mm-hmm. you don't want to hear you don't want to hear people t- saying that you're transphobic, and it's like 
Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, I mean, just from what Gia, for example, Gia, uh, and I'm using this as an example because on, on the show, Gia herself has said, has done problematic transphobic Mm -hmm. and racist things right i mean wasn't wasn't the last thing she said on her her season like you're all dudes and she like Mm -hmm. walked out yep like come on like that's fucked up you know so Mm -hmm. um uh we're learning and also obviously gia's learning right um because when she came back the second time around she was playing the i mean yes she got a nice edit but also she was playing the game even better. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like sh- she knew what her role was at that point. So, um, yeah, emails like this, I'm not going to lie. They piss me off. Um, but at the same time, uh, I take it, I take it as a learning opportunity. And, um, even though, uh, you know, some of these points were a little weird and wishy-washy, uh, I do appreciate them being brought up. Yes. That's what I'll say about mm-hmm. this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we're taking it as a learning yeah. experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Brandon, for writing in. And uh, thank you to everyone who's ever sent us an email. Mm-hmm. And thank you to all of our listeners. I've, I just feel like we don't thank the listeners uh, often enough. I was, yeah. I was laying in bed at night thinking about how we haven't thanked the listeners mm-hmm. in a really long time the other night, which is, you know, Favi saying that if I thought about every word that came out of my mouth, and I do, um, I there, there are so many conversations we have on this podcast where I just lay at night, lay, lay up in bed at night, staring at the ceiling, being like, Oh my God, is this going to be the one, this is going to be the one that fucking takes us completely down. Like what, <laughs> like, what are we going to do? And, you know, I, I appreciate people taking us to task mm-hmm. because like Fabi said, it's a learning experience and mm-hmm. I, I hope to do better, you know, in the future going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Well, with that. That brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you, Fabi, so much for doing this with us. Yes. Oh um, my gosh, I I'm just I'm just so happy to be here. I love your show, and um, yeah, thank you, thank, thank you for you. having me. Uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and listen to your two amazing podcasts? Oh yeah, so I'm at Fabi Fav on all social media platforms. Uh, the podcast that I co-host, Latinos Who Lunch comes out every thursday and that's at latinos who lunch and i have a new podcast called the art people podcast and that could be found at art people pod work mm-hmm. well we are grizzly kiki on everything that means facebook twitter and instagram so be sure to follow us there and you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read them on the air and don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify so until next time bye, bye. bye.